on uh, September 15, 2005, Brian Ross, the chief investigative correspondent for ABC, reported on the avian flu, and he said that it is potentially could kill as many as one billion people in the world in the next few years. This potential plague is so serious that President Bush, on the same week addressing the leaders in the United Nations, he said the following. He said, if the avian flu left unchallenged could be the first pandemic of the 21st century. That same report went to explain that there is no natural immunity against that virus. But not only that, there's only one medicine that can treat it. It's called Tamiflu. Not only that, but there's only one company that produces that medicine. The report then went on to say that the company is not able to produce enough to meet the demands for stockpiling of that medicine. And as I listened to this incredible possibility of a future plague, I could not help but think of another plague, a far more deadly plague, a far more serious plague, a plague that is not only possible, but it's a reality, a plague that is not only threatens the body and the physical body, but the soul as well, a plague that is not mere possibility, but a vital reality, a plague that is not only threatens some people, but it impacts every human being that's ever born and will ever be born, a plague that infects every newborn baby a plague that the Bible calls the original sin, the sin of Adam and Eve, of which you and I and all of humanity have inherited. And that sin, that plague, has certain symptoms. Listen to the symptoms of that disease. Wanting your own way and not God's way all the time. Cold enmity and resentment toward God for wanting you to obey Him, resistant to the fact that God has only provided one medicine and one medicine only. Severe frustration when we refuse to accept that one and only medicine. And refusal to accept that one and only medicine will lead to thousands upon thousands of years in torment and in pain. But here's the good news. Are you ready for the good news? There is enough medicine, there is enough treatment for every human being that would come and ask for it. There is enough for everyone who would come to Jesus Christ and ask for that medicine. The good news is that everyone who's received that medicine is cured. (laughs) It's 100% effective. Those who have experienced deliverance and joy from receiving that medicine have recommended it to others. All those who are cured, not only overjoyed, but they're also anxious, and they report that the medicine is not only available to certain classes of people, but to every people. 
that this medicine is not only available to certain ethnic groups, but to all ethnic groups, that this medicine is not only available to certain age groups and nationalities, but to everybody. That cure is available to everyone, everywhere, who will avail himself and herself to it. What are the evidences of this cure? Because the medicine deal with the root cause of the illness, and not just the symptoms, it produces reconciliation with God. It produces peace with God. It produces forgiveness for the rebellion. It produces relief from guilt. It assures us of a bright, eternal future with Him. It produces unspeakable peace in the midst of unbearable pain. It redeems not only the disease, but the consequences of the disease. It's deliverance not only from the symptoms, but from the cause of the disease. But it also provides permanent immunity against that disease. It's not merely recovery from the plague, but it's a total transformation. It is transformation from enmity with God to friendship with God. It's a transformation from alienation from God to being adopted by God. It is a transformation from estrangement from God to relationship with God. It is a transformation from sickness to health. It is a transformation from rebellion to love. It's a transformation from wanting to be independent of God to be dependent on God. It is a transformation from death to life. And that, my beloved friends, is available for everyone who would ask for it. But it can only happen because somebody paid the price. You see, somebody has to pay the price for reconciliation. Take a husband and wife. When sin comes between them, what happens? There is estrangement, there is alienation, there is coldness. And that could have happened on your way over here to church this morning. And you might not even be talking to your spouse right now. I pray after this message you will. But let me tell you something. Until the guilty person or persons pay the price of asking for forgiveness and being broken, reconciliation cannot really happen. Any two friends in Christ can never be reconciled if sin comes in between them. It's going to alienate them. It's going to make them strangers instead of friends. And only when the guilty person asks for forgiveness can that reconciliation take place. And in the same way in our enmity with God, it is a condition with which we are born. It could never have been overcome until Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, left the glories of heaven, came, paid the price on the cross, and rose again. He's the one who said, I'll pay the price, I'll do the paying, so that you and I can be reconciled to God the Father through God the Son. Hear me right on this one. The deception of false religions is that you can be reconciled to God without taking the prescription, the only prescription that God described, and that is the great physician, the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of the gods are depicted as angry and hostile. And therefore, that anger and hostility on the part of their gods need to be appeased. There are others whose gods are apathetic and indifferent. 
But the very core of the Christian faith is that our God is neither angry nor hostile, that our God is a loving Savior, that our God is forever reaching out to us, that our God cannot be appeased, and our God paid the price in full. Now, to be sure that reconciliation cost Jesus His life on the cross, but the Son of God willingly laid it down. And there's even greater news than that, if that is even possible. As far as I'm concerned, that is the greatest news of all. But Paul here today tells us there is even great news. He said, for everyone who is reconciled to God, for everyone who is at peace with God, for anyone who receives the only cure that is prescribed by God, They have been given another important assignment. They have been given another important privilege. They have been given another important honor. They are called ambassadors. Ambassadors, an instrument of reconciliation. The ambassador of Christ points the way to the medicine, to the only place where you can get cured. In ancient days… The greatest honor that a king could give to someone is to name him an ambassador of his to another country. In ancient days, the title ambassador was far greater and had greater weight and greater value than today. Back then, an ambassador spoke for the king. And when he spoke, the king spoke. The ambassador did not act on his own, but on behalf of his king. The ambassador did not represent himself, he represented his king. The ambassador lived as in a foreign land, as a foreigner, because all of his authority comes from the king who's in another country. And the more powerful a king, the greater authority the ambassador had. What makes the difference is not the ambassador. <laughs> what makes the difference whom the ambassador is representing? One of the colossal failures of believers in the 21st century is that they have often failed to realize that they are ambassadors of the King of Kings. We often have failed to comprehend the power of our King, whom we represent, the glory of our King, whom we represent, the authority of our King, whom we represent, and the message of the King, whom we represent. He did not only make us ambassadors but He also authorized us to announce the good news. He authorized us to announce the only message of cure for the plague that will last for eternity, the message of reconciliation with God, the message of forgiveness of sins. You know, people the world over, once you get out of the debating and the argument and this and that and the other thing, and you start talking about guilt and sin. People the world over, I've experienced it in airplanes, I've experienced it in buses, I've experienced it in every part of the globe. People all around us are desperate for the message of healing and forgiveness. They are desperate for the message of cleansing of guilt and sin. They are desperate to hear the message of redemption and restoration. They are desperate to hear the message of reconciliation and transformation. They are desperate to hear the message of the good news. They are desperate to hear the message of the cure from the plague of sin. In fact, I read a story last week that brought home to me 
this incredible desperation. It took place in Madrid, Spain. 200 miles away from Madrid, there was a father and son. When the boy reached teen years, he fought with his dad nonstop, rebelled against his authority. And one day, they had one of those knock-down, drag-out argument, and in anger, the boy left home and went to the big city. And for months, his father would look for him. For months, his father was searching for him, and he could not find him. And finally, he got this idea. He put an ad in the paper. The ad read as follows. Dear Paco, meet me in front of the newspaper building at 12 noon tomorrow. All is forgiven. I love you, your father. At 12 noon, the father comes in front of the building of the newspaper, and there were 800 men named Paco, (laughs) all gathering, every one of them looking for forgiveness from his father. And Paul understood that desperation on the part of folks everywhere especially those who haven't heard it, who haven't understood it, who desperately need it. And because of this deep passion to tell of the good news, Paul did not allow the relentless attack by his enemies to discourage him. He did not allow their false accusations to discourage him. He did not allow their assault on his integrity to slow him down. He did not allow their calling him foolish and madman to detract him from constantly being an ambassador of Jesus Christ, proclaiming the message of healing and reconciliation. He would not allow all of that vicious attack on the part of what he calls the false apostles to stop him from living in the power of positive living. He would not allow it. The two things that Paul has relied upon to lift him up when the times are tough, two things that always lifted him up when the going got hard, two facts, that Jesus, the perfect Son of God, who was with the Father before all worlds, would leave heaven and die for him and to forgive his sins. And the second fact is that he would call him to be an ambassador, to announce the cure for the sin and disease. The first six verses, that's 11 to 17, Paul gently, lovingly, subtly, and yet firmly defends himself against their false accusations. He does not let them get away with it without defending himself. But then he almost like rushing away from that defense into verses 18 to 21 and focus on that unparalleled privilege that God gave him. But listen to me. God did not give that ministry to Paul alone. He gave it to everyone who knows Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ is the Savior of your life and the Lord of your life, he has given you that title of ambassador. Because Paul would have said, I am an ambassador. No, no, no. He said what? We are ambassadors. God did not 
only redeem you and save you eternally. God did not only reconcile you to Himself. God did not only turn us from enemies to inheritors of the kingdom, but He also called us ambassadors. From now on, when somebody asks you what you do for a living, you're never going to tell them what you really do for a living, okay? When somebody comes and says what you do for a living, you're not a real estate broker and you're not a, a banker and you're not, you know what to tell them? I am a what? You are an ambassador. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's what God called you to be. And I said, oh, Brother Michael, you don't understand. I just don't have too many gifts, and I don't have this. And I'm, Forget it. You're making God a liar. He gifted you, and he called you an ambassador. So when you, next time you look at yourself in the mirror and say, what? I am an ambassador. I might think I'm an ambassador, but my wife thinks she's the Secretary of State. So. <laughs> now listen to me. Whether you know it or not, and even whether you like it or not, that's beside the issue here. When you are speaking, you're speaking for the King of Kings. Whether you know it or not, you are acting on behalf of the King of Kings. You have the King's authority to proclaim the message of reconciliation of God. For years I have been saying this, and God helped me. I'm going to keep on saying it until I go to glory. And it is this. Listen to me. (laughs) No matter how heavy your burden is, no matter how difficult your situation and circumstances may be, no matter how hard your lot in life can be described, no matter how challenging you may be facing, no matter how severe is your pain, no matter how unbearable is your life, You start acting as an ambassador of the Lord of glory, and soon you find that all your heavy burden is like a feather. You start acting as an ambassador, and you start proclaiming the message of reconciliation. You go to some downtrodden person who is beaten down with guilt and and tell them that Jesus saves. You go and find someone who has been tormented by fear and anxiety and tell them the good news of God's deliverance. And I promise you, your problems will look so small. I know men in this church who have as much pain as anybody, who have as many difficulties as anybody, and yet they have a great ministry in the prisons. And that is why the joy of the Lord on their faces all the time. Why? Because they are acting upon their commission. Talk about positive living. Nothing is more uplifting in tough times than mastering the art of peacemaking, than mastering the art of reconciliation. Nothing is more uplifting in difficult times than recognizing the power of your title as an ambassador of the King of Kings. Nothing is more uplifting from your circumstances than recognizing that in every way you are representing the King of Kings. In the last message we saw, the sixth secret for positive living is the anticipation of what is awaiting us on the other side of glory. But listen to me, as long as you're living this life, as long as you have a breath You are representing your boss, the Lord Jesus. 
You are His messenger. You are His spokesperson. You are doing His bidding. You are serving His purpose. You are conducting His business. And when you see yourself in that light, I promise you, nothing and no one is going to get you down. Listen, I get enough discouragement as anybody else. I I get enough pressures as anybody else. I get lots of challenges. And you know what the devil likes to do? He would like to take all of these and use them, not only get me down, but keep me down. But the reason I don't stay down for very long (laughs) is because of the seventh secret of positive living. I remind myself who my boss is. I remind myself whose power I have. I remind myself who commissioned me. I remind myself the privilege that he gave me. I remind myself of the title ambassador. I remind myself for whom I'm speaking. And then I realize that I may be nothing, but he's everything. And as long as I represent him, I have his power. Beloved, I want to tell you, that will get you up in a hurry. I will get you up in a hurry. Listen to what Paul said. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making His appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. What an honor that God has given us. What a privilege that God has given us. But there may be someone here today who had not been reconciled to God. You don't have necessarily feeling of enmity toward God, but have that cold feeling toward Him. You're indifferent. You're ambivalent. God brought you here so that He can tell you that He wants you to be reconciled to Him. He wants you to be reconciled to Him. He's With open arms, He's saying to you, come to me. Come to me. Surrender to me. Trust me and see how not only be reconciled to you, but commission you. He will not only become your Savior and the Lord of your life, but He will become your friend, your companion, who sticks to you closer than a brother. The cure for the plague of sin and guilt is not limited to a few. It's not scarce. It's not something you have to go and hunt for. It's here. It's available. You can receive it and be eternally saved. God is saying... It's yours for the asking. Shall we pray? Only you know between you and God. Because when you're all alone with God, you're carrying guilt and you're carrying burdens that God is saying you don't have to. I came to set you free. In the next few moments, you can say to him, Lord Jesus, you paid the price so that I can be reconciled to God the Father. I receive that gift. I repent of my sins. And then there may be those of us who have known the Lord for so long, but really allowed the busyness of this world and the pressures of this world and the temptations of this world and the wealth of this world, and the difficulties of this world, to cloud our eyes, and we cease to see ourselves as ambassadors 
of the King of Kings. Let this be this day. Let it be the day in which you say, Lord Jesus, I have lived my life just like my unbelieving neighbors, and I've lost my sense of privilege. I've lost my sense of honor. I've lost my sense of calling. Empower me afresh. Remind me daily that I'm your spokesman, that when I speak, you speak. Lord Jesus, you are the searcher of all our hearts. Holy Spirit, visit every heart today that's bowing before you at this very moment. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Lift up the weak. Encourage the discouraged. Humble the arrogant. For, Father, we know that ultimately it's only you that matters and not us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.